Hey guys, Abel here, and in this video, we are going to be talking about one of my personal favorite topics in fitness, and that is set point theory. Why is it that some people have a really easy time walking around lean all the time, whereas others seem to have to move heaven and earth to just not be chubby? Why is it that some people, when they are bulking, have a really hard time actually putting on weight, whereas other people have a really tough time just not getting too fat too quickly? These are some big questions, but luckily, I have some answers. So in case you don't know what body fat set point is, it's basically a theory that your body kind of has this genetic blueprint, which kind of wants you to be at a certain body composition or at least a certain level of body fat at any one time. And if you significantly deviate from this body composition where your body would naturally want you to be at, then your brain and certain mechanisms in your body will kind of just nudge you to return to that body composition. Now, this doesn't happen directly. It's not like your fat cells are going to get sucked in or edited back in if you deviate from this body composition a bit, but you will get nudged with certain cues. You will, for example, get a bit hungrier and you will be more motivated to consume more food or you will just become less motivated to move around and expend as much energy. So you will inevitably end up returning to this predetermined body composition, if you will. So let's say your body fat set point is 15% body fat and you just finished a really successful shredding, cutting diet for the summer and you're excited to walk around on the beach at 10% body fat. And all of a sudden you just feel like you hit a wall. It's almost like when you're at 10% body fat, you feel like your body is telling you, it's time to stop. So you just feel yourself being more hungry, not being quite as motivated to move around as much. And before you know it, you're back at around 15% body fat. And the same thing happens if you go significantly over 15% body fat. So let's say you go up to 20 or 25% body fat, and all of a sudden you just feel yourself not being so hungry, you're just fidgeting all the time, all of a sudden you just have the urge to take long walks and the like, and before you know it, you're back at your leaner 15% physique. Now, the interesting thing is, is that there is actually a lot of debate and disagreement over this topic in the fitness industry. Some people say that this whole set point theory is just a myth, and it's not like your body has a preference for any kind of body fat percentage where it wants you to be at. And it's simply a matter of you eat food, and you maintain your weight, and then you eat less food, and then you lose weight, and then you eat more food, and you gain weight. And the people who will walk around leaner than other people will simply have better habits and more discipline than other people. Whereas some other experts will buy into this whole set point thing a lot more. And they will say that, well, if you're chronically struggling to get lean, then it actually might be due to your genetic blueprint. So it's a big disagreement and it's definitely a very interesting one. So who is right? Well, luckily, I have the truth. Okay, now really, I don't have the objective truth, but hopefully this video will shed some light on this question and will at least make you think. So one thing that we can know for pretty sure is that there are two aspects to your physiology that are more or less genetically predetermined. One of these aspects is your metabolic rate or the amount of calories that you need to consume to at least maintain your current body weight and body composition. And this actually differs between individuals quite a bit. I'm sure that you know some individuals who will just have to eat amounts of food that would make the scale tick for people that are considerably bigger than them. There are these skinny guys who will have to eat four or 5,000 calories at body weights of like 170 pounds or something like that. And conversely, there will be some guys that will be just pretty massive and they will actually have metabolic rates that are not overly high and they will have a difficulty losing weight on pretty low calories at times. And a lot of this actually cannot really be explained by the insane energy expenditure or the amount of exercise that these people will do. Some people will actually have pretty sedentary lifestyles and will have office jobs and the like and will still just 
expend enormously more calories than some other people with similar body sizes and activity levels. And a lot of this actually comes down to subconscious activity that you're not really aware of in your day-to-day -day life. Things like moving your hands like I'm doing now as I'm speaking or tapping your feet on the floor. And I'm sure that you know these people in your office that are just like super loud, can't shut up for a second, like super hyperactive, super annoying. You know, you come into the office on Monday morning, like all sleepy and that guy is like, hey, so new week, new start, new beginning, are you excited? Then you're like, so why are you so happy? Well, one reason that that annoying person is so happy is because probably he's expending quite a bit more energy than you do because he's just so fidgety. The other important concept is appetite and hunger levels, which is simply the amount of food that you need to consume to feel satisfied and satiated. And this also varies a lot between individuals. I'm sure you've had this experience a lot that you go with a buddy of yours to a coffee house or a buffet or something, you both ordered a piece of cheesecake and you, like a real man, will devour that thing in 10 seconds and your friend is going to take two bites and he's like, Whew, that was tough, I can't eat anymore. And you're like, do you have no shame? Can you look in the mirror after this? What are you doing? So people differ in their appetites a lot and to a good extent, this is a genetically predetermined factor. Now, the good news is, is that typically your metabolic rate and your appetite will correlate pretty well. What we see in the real world is that people who expend more energy will also be hungrier for more energy. But every once in a while, there can be some weird mismatch that's going on. You may have a person who is not overly active, doesn't expend a lot of energy, but will just have an enormous appetite. And these people are kind of screwed when they want to get very lean. These will be the people who will refer themselves as more endomorphic people because getting lean and dieting is just really difficult for them for this reason. A good example of this, for example, is Menno Henselmans. I've had the chance of being in a sushi restaurant one time with him and Earlier on, I thought that not many people could out-eat me when it came to all-you-can-eat sushi runs. I've eaten amounts in all-you-can-eat sushi restaurants before that I'm not sure how much money these restaurants have to spend to get all the food material. I'm pretty sure it's not that much, but the amounts that I've put down, I'm fairly sure that I put them at a loss with those performances. But what I've seen Menno Henselmans do is unparalleled with anything that I've ever seen before that. That evening, I was at the point where I just could not move anymore. I've eaten so much that I was just sitting there, not even thinking very clearly, just kind of adding up the amount of weeks that I will have to diet to undo all the damage that I've done on that given night. But I looked over to Menno's table and he was just still ordering these giant plates of sushi. And he was just putting sushi rolls on his plate completely calmly and just devouring them. And Menno is not a small guy, but he's also not like a 400 pound strongman competitor or something like that. So yeah, I was quite impressed by that. On the other hand, you will have people who don't have a really big appetite and they just get really full. They don't really wanna eat too much, but their energy expenditure will be just enormous. You probably knew a lot of these people in high school and in elementary school, they were always the skinny kids. And these people, when they get into fitness, will be the ones who refer themselves as ectomorphs or hard gainers. Now, I also have to point out that what you see is not always what's going on behind the scenes. Many times you may have a skinny friend who may seem like he's getting away with murder and he can just eat anything he wants and he just doesn't gain weight, but it could be that you're actually just always walking in on them when they are devouring some junk food. But what you don't see is that often for the rest of the day, they're just not eating anything because their appetite is low and they're just getting by on that single serving of junk food for the whole day. So people's appetites and metabolic rates will differ and some people are more fortunate than others in this regard. But regardless of where you are at baseline, 
everybody will have that sort of sweet spot where their metabolic rate and their appetite sort of meets at one happy place and where they can basically just eat the amount of food that they would want to eat naturally based on their hunger and satiety mechanisms. And that is my friend, basically their set point. You could almost write up an equation which would be A, so appetite times M, so times metabolic rate equals set point. And that is how you would determine it in a general sense. So thank you so much for watching this video. I hope this was informative. See you next time. Of course, I'm just kidding. Of course, we are not done yet. We are only scratching the surface. Because actually this question is a lot more convoluted and there are a lot more elements to it that we just haven't addressed yet. The first thing that's important to point out is that your metabolic rate, your appetite, and then the body composition that you end up at are not just independently existing variables. They are very much impacting one another and they are existing in this very convoluted interdependent matrix. And what happens with one variable will invariably affect what happens with the other ones. For example, the leaner you become, so the more body fat you're losing, is going to impact both your metabolic rate and your hunger. Each individual person, even though their baseline hunger and metabolic rate will differ, all of them will be hungrier and their metabolism will get more suppressed the leaner they become. And at the same time, the more you're cutting your calories and the bigger the energy deficit is that you're in, the more suppressed your metabolic rate is going to be and the hungrier you're going to be. And the opposite thing is happening as you're eating more and your body fat levels are increasing. The fatter you are and the more you're eating, your metabolism is increasing and your hunger levels are getting lower. Basically, this is just your body's homeostatic mechanisms keeping you at balance. This phenomenon is called adaptive thermogenesis. So this initial equation that I wrote up, which was A times M equals set point, it should be actually A times M, so appetite times metabolic rate times AT, so times adaptive thermogenesis equals your set point. So are we done yet? Of course not, because it still gets more complicated. Because first of all, people vary a lot in how adaptive their metabolism is and how much these homeostatic mechanisms will kick in. It actually turns out that people don't differ quite as much as you would think in their base metabolic rate, but they actually differ a lot in how hard your body is fighting back against the dietary restrictions that you're imposing on yourself. Some people, when they diet, so they're cutting their calories, their body just doesn't adapt that much. They are just getting leaner and they can just smooth sail until their end body composition goal on the same amount of calories. A good example of this could be actually me. When I wanna get down to say 9% body fat, I can just start at 15% body fat, put myself at say 2,400 calories, and I pretty much don't have to change my calorie intake that much until I get to my end destination. And at the same time, if I'm maintaining at 15% body fat at say 3,100 calories, if I put myself at 3,500 calories, I will just keep gradually gaining weight on that calorie level. It's not like I'm hitting a sticking point where I can just keep eating more and more food and my body weight just doesn't change. So I get lean easily, but I'm also getting fatter easily. My metabolism is just not very adaptive. On the other hand, you will have people whose metabolisms are just crazy adaptive and their body is just going to fight back against them crazy hard when they want to diet. So if they are maintaining their body weight on 3000 calories, they might have to end a diet on 1,700 calories. So these people are kind of screwed when it comes to dieting. But the good news is, is that these same people, when they want to bulk, their body just becomes very resistant to body weight gain after a certain point. And they can end up in a place where they're eating like 1,500 calories over their maintenance calories and the scale just doesn't tick and they're just not gaining any more fat. 
A good example of this is, for example, Eric Helms, who, according to his own account, he is maintaining his weight at around 3,000 calories, maybe in the mid 3,000s, and he has to go down below 2,000 calories regularly when he wants to get very lean. I just saw a Facebook discussion between him and some other individual, and he said that he is undulating between 1,800 and 2,200 calories as he's now doing his contest prep. And it's not like the guy is at 6% body fat already. He is at 9 or 10% body fat at the moment at around 85 kilograms. And for a guy that size, that's pretty low amount of food. But at the same time, he also bulked in the past over 4,000 calories, which was necessary for him to keep gaining weight. And this is typically what we see. The people who are really screwed when it comes to dieting are also quite blessed, depending on how you want to look at it when it comes to bulking. What's incredibly rare to see is that someone is really blessed when it comes to bulking and is really blessed as well when it comes to dieting. In other words, you won't see many guys who are bulking on super high calories and their calories stay high when they want to diet. But every once in a while, it does happen. And a good example of this is Alberto Nunes, who, as far as I know, will bulk over 4,000 calories. And when he wants to diet, his calories never dip low at all. I think that he will finish a contest prep diet at like 3,000 calories and he's not like a super big guy. I think he steps on the bodybuilding stage completely shredded at like 160 to 165 pounds, which is not a really big guy. So his maintenance intake just doesn't make sense given his body weight for one, but also his metabolism and how it adapts given caloric surpluses and deficits just also doesn't make sense. This guy basically has a cheat code when it comes to fitness. It's almost like playing a shooting game with a code that gives you unlimited bullets in your machine gun. It's still not easy to complete the game, but it's just completely a different experience. I'm not sure how much a guy like him can relate to people who will have to go down to 1700 calories at higher body weights than what he has. I've heard him before talking about how people just tend to go overboard with the volumetrics when it comes to their food and they will just put together these super high volume, high fiber foods and it's just not necessary when it comes to dieting and it can make it even harder. I'm inclined to quote Rachel Green from Friends here who said, Okay, no uterus, no opinion. And I'm just inclined to say, no 1800 calorie days, no opinion. I'm just kidding, Alberto, you're great, please come on to my podcast. So far, we clarified that your appetite, your metabolic rate, and then how much that metabolic rate will adapt are going to have a big impact on what body fat percentage you're going to gravitate to. But did we explain everything yet? Not yet. There are still many things to discuss. For example, what you eat will have a big impact on how easy it will be to maintain a given intake of calories and a given body fat percentage. For example, you may have a metabolic rate and a maintenance intake of 3,500 calories, which is a decent intake, right? But you could take in that amount of calories from whey protein, from maltodextrin powder to get in your carbs, and olive oil to get in your fats that diet would not be very satiating and satisfying. And odds are, at your maintenance intake of 3,500 calories, you would still be pretty hungry. On the other hand, I could construct a diet for you which might only be 2,500 calories. So I could put you at a 1,000 calorie deficit, but if the diet consists of veggies, lean protein, and some really satiating fats like avocados, then probably you would feel a lot more satiated and satisfied. And you would find that it's a lot easier to maintain that calorie intake. So someone could just completely switch out the foods you're eating, make your food selection much more satiating. And you might say, well, my body fat set point just changed. I all of a sudden have a much more easier time maintaining this body composition. And the reality is it's not your actual set point, it's just the environment you created for yourself, which makes it easier to stay at that body composition. 
So by now, you're probably starting to see that this picture is not as simple as just simply physiology here, physiology here, that adds up, and then you have this physiological state which we refer to as your set point. It's a lot more convoluted and there are some other factors, environmental factors, which will play into this. But it actually gets more complicated still. There are also mental, psychological, and food relationship related things that are also playing into this. A good example of this is simply obese people. In the beginning we mentioned that the leaner you are, the hungrier you will be, and the fatter you are, and the more food you're eating, the less hungry you will be. So if you're a person with bigger appetite and a lower metabolic rate, then you will just have to eat more food and you will have to be at a higher body fat percentage to actually feel satiated and satisfied. But it's unlikely that people who are like 400 pounds and 40, 50% body fat or more are solely eating as much as they do because of their appetite and because of their body fat regulatory mechanisms, physiologically speaking. Probably a lot of this has to do with psychological considerations and just the relationship that these people have with food. But even if we want to take a less extreme example, even amongst lean people, people will just have a different relationship with eating and food on the whole. Some people just view eating and food as a much more hedonic experience and they have a much more psychological or emotional connection with the act of consuming food than others do. I know some people who have just the typical athlete-like food is fuel type mentality when it comes to eating. I, on the other hand, I really just enjoy eating for what it is. Uh, it's kind of like money, right? Money doesn't excite me. It relaxes me. And this will have a lot of implications as to how people will approach eating in day-to-day -day situations. Some people, when they get really, really stressed, they will eat a lot more. And those will be the periods where they will have to be really careful to not let their body fat get out of hand. On the other hand, some people will have the exact opposite reaction. And when they have a really stressful period, that's exactly when they lean down because their appetite just gets suppressed like crazy. I would add here though that I think a lot of this has to do with how people actually define stress because there is that, oh my God, Godzilla is in the house, I'm about to get eaten alive type of stress. And then there is that, oh shit, exam period is in two weeks, I should start studying, but I really feel like procrastinating type of stress. So your overall emotional connection with food will have a big impact on what kind of body composition you will gravitate towards naturally. But there are also other considerations. For example, sleep. Sleep deprivation is pretty well documented to stimulate your appetite. There is also social pressures and what kind of a family background you're coming from or what kind of people you are surrounding yourself with. If you're a fitness professional and your life is just immersed in fitness and all your colleagues and the people around you are also in that safe kind of lifestyle, you will probably have a lot easier time than someone who is living in an Italian family where the mother is always making these giant pasta dinners every evening. And then there are a lot of other things which are even more difficult to pinpoint and quantify. For example, I would think that probably a lot of people are just more comfortable walking around a bit hungry and it just doesn't bother them as much as it does for other people. I myself, and I think a lot of people are like this, that when I'm hungry, when my stomach is empty and when I get that weird feeling in my mouth, that empty belly feeling, that just annoys me and I just want that feeling to go away and that prompts me to eat food. But probably there are people who can just walk around with that feeling and it just doesn't bother them and it doesn't mess with their cognition and their productivity and overall well-being. Just like some people are comfortable living their lives chronically being a bit sleep deprived or having some joint pain or digestive issues, some people just 
just learn to coexist with these things, which would drive a lot of other people crazy. And very lastly, we can never actually exclude the possibility that there could be some factors which we just don't yet understand and we haven't yet explained by science. For example, it could be that certain genetic variations just make it more difficult for people to store fat from overfeeding, regardless of their subconscious activity levels and the like. It could actually be that some people, when they overeat by a thousand calories, their fat cells are literally resisting some of that extra calorie surplus to get absorbed and be stored as fat. It sounds kind of woo-woo, but it could actually be that in a decade or two, we will have a very solid understanding of these mechanisms. So does a body fat set point exist? I would think it does, but it's probably not one set in stone point where your body just wants you to be at. It probably changes based on your environment and a lot of factors that you introduce into your life physiologically or mentally and environmentally. This is why in recent years we started calling this a settling point as opposed to a set point because probably it's not like your body wants you to be at 15% period. Probably it's more like somewhere between 13% and 17%. You can settle more or less with the same level of ease depending on how you adjust a couple of variables. And the big question is, can you actually change this set point or settling point where your body wants you to be at naturally? I would think it is possible, but probably it does require some level of effort initially. And probably it comes down to simply changing your habits. For example, if you have a low metabolic rate, you can change that by simply exercising a bit more or being a bit more mindful to move around more, stand up a bit more frequently when you're working, taking some more walks and things like that. It will never be as natural and mindless of an activity than for someone who just fidgets a lot and without even noticing it. But by paying attention a bit initially, you can adopt these new habits and over time they might become automatic and it would be actually more difficult not to do it. The same thing applies for your appetite. If you naturally have a really big appetite and you just want to eat a lot, then you want to be a bit more mindful with your food selection and how you're structuring these things. This is actually a big focus of the auto-regulatory eating course that I created. <laughs> Shameless plug, hint, hint is down in the description. <laughs> All right, back on the topic. And probably you will never have quite as easy of a time to maintain a really lean physique than your super low appetite, super high metabolism kind of bastard friend. But at the end of the day, the only person you're competing with is yourself. And wh wherever you are, if you can improve yourself by 10, 20% over the years, then that adds up to significant results. So guys, this is all I had to say today. I hope you enjoyed this video and found it interesting. And if you did, then if you did, then drop a like to this video, subscribe to the channel to be up to date to future videos like this. And yeah, have a nice day. I hope you enjoyed this um, as much as I did.